It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Oh, what's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? It is 6 o'clock. It is BGN Radio. It's John Barcher, James Seltzer, and Brandon Lee Gautenall hanging out with you. Of course, Brandon Lee Gautenall from the very established Birds 24-7. And, uh, we, you know, we got a lot to... It's the bye week, which really stinks. You want to come in here, you want to be fired up, or you want to be, you know, uh, you know, just going crazy and... There's uh, there's nobody to match up against unless I don't know unless Jason Kelsey wants to run in a couple of walls and we can tape it or something like that. But uh, James, what's happening, man? How are you this evening? Do you put it well, John? It's weird, right, to have a bye week way in too week early. three. I mean, it's it's way way too. I didn't even like the the old system where you got to buy in week four every once in a while, or I guess your own week four. This is week four uh, after <laughs> playing four games is what I should have said. So yeah, it's frustrating, especially because, uh, you know, A, you like to get that by a little later in the season, give guys a rest if you've got injuries, but more so they're just playing so well. You really just want to see them keep rolling. Only thing that's good about the bye week is the Philly taco. And that's one yes! thing that, that I don't know if a lot of people know about, but we, the, the three of us have all planned out. You go to Lorenzo's and you get a big slice of pizza. Then you go to Jim Steak's. And you get a cheesesteak, <laughs> and you literally take Lorenzo's sliced pie, and you roll it up into a taco, and you eat it. It works and way better. Great. Yeah. And, and, and it sounds disgusting, because I... It's I, amazing. I looked at Brandon, I was like, we're not going to do this. And then we did it, <laughs> and then we watched NFL Red Zone the entire time. We're like, okay, we have... So, so tomorrow, we're doing the same exact thing. We're just going to roll out and... And watch football and pig out. I totally didn't expect it to work as well. So you're like, all right, take the cheesesteak, roll it up in the pizza. It all works. It really does. It's almost like they were made to go together. I'm telling you. It, it, I, I, no offense to you guys. I'm more excited for the Philly taco than I am to hang out with you guys. So. <laughs> wow. That's wow. in the, yeah. uh, well, uh, I guess we can just end the show there. <laughs> uh, but that's, I mean, 
the the bye week is. I mean, week four, BLG. Week four. Why why so many teams on the bye week four? Is it a lot? Is it just? Isn't I think it, there's like three. No, just, just them in Green Bay. Oh, it's just two. Yeah. Yeah. It's more yeah. than I thought. It's weird though, right? I, I mean, why any teams is the real question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not a fan, but. I was looking up some bye week stats for you guys. I mean, if, mm. if Doug Peterson is anything like Andy Reid, and obviously <laughs> that's why the Eagles hired him, right? <laughs> um, you look at the bye week stats, and you know Andy's what like fifteen and two after right after bye weeks, and the uh, the Chiefs went on like a seven no stretch after the bye last year, and they went off on a like four no stretch after the bye in two thousand fourteen. So I'm not too worried about this team slumping after the bye if if Doug Peterson picked up any of Andy Reid's magic. Well, it's seven o'clock <laughs> and the seven o'clock sharp. I'm going to tell you why. And not because not because of the Andy old old Andy Juju, but I'm going to tell you why that there is no way the Eagles lose to Detroit. There's no way they lose to Detroit. That's coming up at seven o'clock. What I do want to get into first: the bye week brings out just like in July when there's not a lot of good things that are going on. You're waiting for football to start. You're having these think piece ideas. Can somebody tell me when I'm allowed to enjoy the Eagles three and zero start? Because I was told that you have to wait. Until you're you're done with Cleveland, that's just Cleveland. You've beat Chicago, that's just Chicago. And then they kick the crap out of the Steelers, thirty-four to three. And people are still not somehow convinced of a Carson Wentz being a good quarterback, b that he's not hasn't shown as much as Dak Prescott, and c I'm just I don't know I don't have a c. Shut up. Like, let <laughs> let me enjoy this for a moment. What is the opposite reaction you're supposed to have here? Like, am I, I, I would look like a dummy if I was like, yeah, I'm not that impressed. Like, how can you not be impressed by the first three weeks of the Eagles season here? You, you have to be, and you have to be impressed with Wentz. It's not just, look, like you said, John, I, I understand if people want to say it's just the Browns, it's just the Bears. I get that. Those are two of the worst teams in football. Maybe the two worst teams in football. But you can't say that anymore. They beat the Steelers 34-3. to Every single person who talks about football says the Steelers are a Super Bowl contender going into that game last week. And the Eagles throttled them, embarrassed them in every phase of the game in every way. Look, you can't look at that game. And look, I understand any given Sunday, all that type of stuff. There's a difference between squeaking out a win against the Steelers and then BLG going in and beating the crap out of them. Sorry there. Um, it's funny the, um, the 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 Eagles have the best point differential in the NFL, plus sixty five. They're undefeated. Carson Wentz is winning NFL Rookie of the Week twice. And NFL what, NF, NFC Player of the NFL Month, Rookie or of the Month, that's NFC Offensive. See, that's, All the awards. That's the thing, James, you can't even keep track right, of it. <laughs> He's doing so well that you can't even keep track of his awards, and you still have people hating on him. It's crazy. Yeah, and uh, the guys I'm talking about in particular, Scott Casimir from Football Outsiders. What is your deal, dude? That's what I was talking about in the last hour here. Football has now reached a point where it's it's junk analytic time. I don't what are you dink and dunk? Dink and dunk. What is he watching? <laughs> Scott, do me a favor. You're a Steelers fan. I get it. It doesn't feel good to come out to Philadelphia and piddly old Philadelphia. It doesn't have any Super Bowl rings. And you just get, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. What a classless town. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever's going on in your head. I get it. We've all been there. You want to lash out. We're getting it from Giants people. We're getting it from Washington people, Dallas people. Oh, I, you know, oh, I can't believe you. But but the only thing that I go to your website for is your DVOA because that's the only thing that's really accurate. And DVOA is just a, a, a version of kind of cutting through to see 
what exactly, you know, how well is your defense performing? I don't even trust the offensive part, really, either, because, again, it's all subjective. And Jimmy Kemsky, my brother, absolutely just laying into this, where, you know, GIF after GIF on this article that he does would be like, oh, Oh, yeah, he's really a dink and dunker and just throws like every deep pass, whether it's incomplete or not. And this is the thing that I hated about the Bradford arguments and a lot of those things there, too. And really the offense that any type of NFL team runs, we get so obsessed with yards in the air and, you know, yards after catcher, yards per attempt. The yards per attempt and yards in the air have nothing to do. Well, it has a little something to do with the quarterback, but that is all offense. That is what your offense does day in and day out. If you are a long ball team, your numbers are going to reflect that. If you're a mix of that, your numbers are going to reflect that. And even even to his own standards, Drew Brees and Tom Brady have had minimal, low-scoring numbers as far as yards in the air because those are the offenses that they run. It shouldn't be like if Carson Wentz, makes the right read, and allows Darren Sproles to get open and throws for 70 yards, allowing all that yak in the begin with, shouldn't be counted against him. Yeah, well, uh, look, you bring up Tom Brady, and we're not saying that Carson Wentz no, is he's Tom, Tom Brady. Brady. No, no, we're Obviously, at that point. I'm literally saying Carson Wentz is Tom <laughs> Brady. But I heard Dak Prescott it. was. I mean, what, what's that about? He stole the title this week. <laughs> no, but but seriously, I, you know, when you look at it, uh, Tom Brady has always gotten by on quick, short passes, moving the ball down the field. They've never been, except for that one year where you had Randy Moss, they've never been a gun-it-down-the-field type of team. It, it's it's a silly criticism. As long as the offense is working who cares? And for the most part, I like football outsiders work. Uh, you know, Aaron Schatz is a really bright guy, which is funny because he came out this week and said he thinks the Eagles are the best 3-0 team right now. So so even within that <laughs> building, you can't get people uh, to kind of agree on it. But I, I think you bring up a better just overall point and, and not specifically Kazmar or whether it's uh, Sion Faye or any of these people. It is better to admit when you are wrong than to double down, triple down, quadruple down on a terrible opinion. Just say, listen, my bad, I was wrong. We did it. We were very critical of the offseason, of, of what they did, and we have stopped and said, we were wrong. We were just wrong. You know, they, they were right. You have to be able to do that, or else you just end up looking like an idiot. And it's okay to say you're wrong rather than say, Dak Prescott against the Bears in week three. Looks way more impressive than anything Carson Wentz has done this entire season. What are you talking about? We just went through that two weeks ago when you told us you can't uh, actually can't do that because it was just the Bears. And they got Brian Hoyer. They got Brian Hoyer. And everybody's up in arms about Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott. And that's the thing that what frustrates me the most. Dak Prescott has been very impressive. Whether I want to admit that or not, he's looked great. I think Dallas does have a next quarterback in line. Mm-hmm. After Tony Romo, who should completely hang it up at this point, and really, I don't think Dallas fans want him back, but I just don't get it. I don't understand why people can't look at these two guys and just be like, they're playing really good football, and sorry, I and, and, and this isn't even a, I don't think it's really a bias at this point. Carson Wentz has outplayed Dak Prescott by a ton. Like, there is there is nothing that I see that is... That, that you know, that whether it's the checks on the line or whatever, the way he throws, the way he places the football... I, I just don't see it out there. Well, not just that. He has been asked to do a lot more than Dak Prescott has within the offense. You know, Wentz is really running it out there, whereas Dak, it's a lot more simple type of stuff. So it's really hard to... to yeah, but Carson Wentz is just dinking and dunking. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Exactly. But that's the thing. Look, 
I get it. And like you said, John, I, I don't think, you know, we want to take away from what Dak has done, even though, you know, Dallas sucks. But it, we don't want to take away from because he has been really good. And and the fact that how well he's protected the football is is probably the the best thing that he's shown so far. Uh, but look, man, oh, it's an eye test thing. Forget the numbers. Throw it all out the window. BLG, just look at these two quarterbacks. Watch them play. And it, it's not a que- It's not close in my mind. I don't even understand why there's a discussion. I think Dak has been good. I think Carson has been special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a clear difference. And the other thing with the Wentz thing, it's like there's this weird bias against him. Ever since like the pre-draft process, we saw that with draft Twitter, just really not liking this <laughs> guy. Twitter. Like ridiculous takes, like takes where like he was like uh, someone's the like worst quarterback yeah, like, ever was like, scouted he brought under like guys who did like Vernon Adams, you know, with like people like were standing for him over Carson Wentz. Like, what are we doing? And like, where did this even come from? I don't get it. And it feels like it's carried over from. Uh, and some of those people have admitted they were wrong. You know, I got to give him prop to the people who did. But some of them, I feel like, had this bias against Wentz, and now he's having success, and they still don't like it. They still don't like him. Yeah, I just feel like every draft turner kind of turned into into Skip Bayless, and there was like a there's like fifty three <laughs> seconds also on that bandwagon too. That's what I'm saying like, and he flipped and did the same thing, and that you know you wouldn't expect anything less from a guy like that. But still, at the same time, like I I think I, I just wanted to take the first few segments here and just tell everybody to shut up. I mean, like, you know, where you even even to the to the point of like, it's it's not as good because he's got a number one defense like like that was everybody's plan going in all along. It's like, hey, I tell you what, we're going to have the number one defense here so we can take Carson. We could trade Bradford or like people come up with the weirdest scenarios of like, oh, yeah, he's he's being incubated. And he's he's not. They they literally told him eight days before the season. Hey, guess what? You're starting now. Well, oh, and you know the funniest part too is when you look at Dak. We keep hearing all these knocks against Wentz, like you're talking about, but we don't hear about the fact that he's playing with sub subpar offensive weapons with an O line that has looked better, but is still an issue. The, Dak has the best O line in the history of the game. We all know that. All right. And then I <laughs> and mean, only he's one also, touchdown throw, right? right? And he's also that? had Dez. He's had Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Jason Witten. I mean, they have real weapons there. And, uh, and again, uh, 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 jokes about the best of all time, but a much better offensive line than the Eagles have. It's just not a, a, a apples to apples comparison when you really look at it. I think the funny thing uh, about Wentz and, and all of that is that if you're going to try to take away credit for the short throws, you have to put it somewhere else. So then you must be really impressed with Doug Peterson then because you can't just like <laughs> yes, pick it. Yes. you can't just take away that and be like and then that's the other thing those guys aren't saying that they're not saying oh Doug Peterson has done a great job like they won't say that they're just like oh Wentz hasn't been that great but the, the Scott Cosmere thing he said I think I, I read his game review uh, I don't I can't remember if this is from Chicago or Pittsburgh he was like oh Carson Wentz had one good throw like are, <laughs> wait are you even watching the game yeah. one good throw. Yeah, and that's and multiple elite throws. Yeah, and then you have like it, exactly. it's not even reasonable. That's the thing. There's nothing like reasonable yeah. about this because just, even with the decision making, like that counts for something. Being able to be like, yeah, okay, instead of getting killed here, I'm going to go ahead and get four yards here by checking this off and then dumping it off to wherever. And to your point about weapons, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we guys, we just went through this last. Season with Miles Austin and a bunch of nobodies that were on here, and you're literally scrambling to find wide receivers two weeks out of the season. You traded a, a, a terrible right tackle for a wide receiver that could hopefully be a something, and he can't hold on to the deep ball. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, just I, I just wanted to take the first 15 minutes here and just just pee on everybody for a little <laughs> bit because I'm tired of hearing about it. And we'll get into X factors 
and who we think has been the best X-Factors leading up to this first three weeks. It's John Barcher, James Elter, and Brandon Lee Gout right here on 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. So there's a lot of different X-Factors this first three weeks. Just talking about Carson Wentz, he's obviously number one. But I'm curious what you guys think is the biggest X-Factor the first three weeks through this season. 888-729-9494. Because there could be a lot of different kind of answers in here. And we could, we'll get to them as John Barcher, James Elson, and Brandon Lee Gowton here on BG and Radio. Let's go to uh, Rick. Rick, you're on 94 WIP. Hi, how you doing? Good, man. I would just want to address the Carson Wentz haters or the ones that don't totally believe in him yet. These, you said some of them have switched over and they're believing him now. The ones that don't are the ones with the big egos that haven't admitted that they're wrong yet. Yes, you know? yes, that's and that's pretty much how we feel about a <laughs> lot of these guys that are just keep you know they just they don't want to let go and they don't want to admit it for whatever reason. It's fantastic. Uh, it's it's we're, we're going to the Super Bowl. It's not this year, next year. Uh, because of the other talent in the league and because of the way they're playing and the Eagles defense and Carson, uh, it's weak. The sky's the limit. Yeah, and that's, I think that's the, the big feel. And I'm, you know, I want to say this year, I really want to jump on that wagon. But just like, I just don't think that, I do think that the offense is just missing that little bit of an extra thing. And maybe that's Zach Ertz coming back and, and you just run it through the tight ends here. But, I just think it's it's miss it def, desperately needs a go to guy on the offense. Yep, another receiver that that steps up would be great. Yep, we appreciate the call, Rick. And another another wide receiver, even even just a consistent. I, I get the four running back thing, and it's been effective. I don't know. I, I just think if you had a if you had more of a bell cow guy and somebody that could just catch the ball down the field, you know, I mean that's honestly that's all that's missing from from me saying. Yeah, they can go to the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's you need it. They have no weapons on this team. When you really look at it, outside of Carson Wentz, who has has turned guys who are not necessarily weapons into being more of weapons, which is as we've talked about what great quarterbacks do. But yeah, I think in terms of just talent on the offensive end, they're they're a tad too deficient on that high end side. I do think that Ertz coming back will make a big difference. Probably the the best weapon, quote unquote, that they have. Uh, but but I agree, John. I think that ultimately this team still needs that that you know go to type of guy who can make a big play. That for that other X factor that we're trying to still kind of get into and figure out. And you know, and when we when we ask for your X factors, it doesn't have to be the first. You know, obviously there's actually a couple of couple of people uh, tweeting in. Doug Peterson, Jim Schwartz, of course, absolutely. And I think they. I don't think you know. Again, for the third week in a row that these guys have gotten enough praise for exactly what they've done. We've We've been so blinded, in the rightfully so, <laughs> by by the performances of Carson Wentz that, you know, you're talking about a team that's got the number one defense in the league, the number one scoring defense in the league. People, the the fewest amount of points, the things that we loved, and granted, that's when I'll say, okay, two of those games were against Chicago <laughs> and Cleveland. But when you have, I mean, like it solidifies everything. Last week solidified it. When you shut down a powerful offense like that, whew. I mean, you got to start thinking, yeah, that is, that is. Finally, all those times that I've said, this does feel like 1981 in Chicago where Buddy Ryan comes in and builds this thing, and Jim Schwartz might be 
really special here, and this defense is is on its way. Yeah, it, it's it's almost there. You know, I mean, this defense is is really good. We talked a lot in the offseason about the potential of it being a top five type of defense. And the way the league looks right now, you look across the league, like outside of Denver, Seattle, and Minnesota, I don't know who's better than the Eagles right now. And again, you know, we have to see more of this. It's a very, three games is a very, very small sample size, regardless of the opponents. But as of now, the way that D-line is, especially the way this league has gone over the last few years and the importance of getting to the quarterback, I think this D-line and defense have a chance to be special. And sticking with the defensive line, James, I'm going to give my X factor here hey, for hey, this hey. season. Uh, Brandon Graham. Absolutely. You know, Earl Thomas, awesome. let's, let's forget about that guy completely. Because Brandon Ooh. Graham, exactly. <laughs> because Brandon I've Graham. I've never even heard of him. <laughs> Brandon Graham is here, and he's a difference maker on this defense. Uh, he's been great in the 4-3, three sacks, forced fumble, a fumble recovery. He's been huge. And for as much, for as good as Fletcher Cox has been, obviously he's dominant one NFC Defensive Player of the Month for this month. Part of why you know he's having success is because he's awesome. But uh, the other reason <laughs> he's having success is because Brandon Graham is drawing a lot of attention. You look at what the Steelers did against him. They were chipping him almost like every play, and they were not even just one guy. Sometimes they would chip him with two guys because he is a problem, and I think he's been great for the Eagles. Well, and, and especially with Graham, it's been really nice over the last couple of years to see a guy who we all thought, especially with the whole Earl Thomas thing, I think it's Earl Thomas. That was the name you said, right? <laughs> um, especially with that whole thing. They play safety. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I guess. Okay. I don't I don't know the guy. But uh, in reality, look, we, we it, Brandon Graham had a real tough start here and, and was a you know, real malign type of figure. It's been really nice over the last couple of years to see him grow and see him blossom. And like Brandon said, really, when you watch the games and you watch those lines in the trenches, he is the strongest person on either side of the ball every single week. Uh, he is a beast, man, and, and I, I think it's a, a great X factor. And just wait, you know, even the stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, just like what you guys are talking about. I mean, just the ability, and you saw that even in preseason, how much of a chip of a, on a shoulder that he had mm-hmm. from last year. No pun intended, but probably he's there on the other side too. Where you're just <laughs> like, you even said, and I, I remember just seeing him in the preseason game versus the Steelers, just being able to maul three guys in a row and just continue the pursuit and wrap up D'Angelo Williams or wrap up whoever's there. Like I I didn't understand exactly how strong that guy is. Mm -hmm. And then you just, you just see everybody get that Bobby Massey play that I will see it over and over and over again in my head, just watching Bobby Massey doing everything he can to stop Brandon Graham and just getting slowly pushed back. back. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, you shouldn't be able to do that as a football player with guys, these big, you know, as big as they are and as strong as they are, you should not be able to to push a, a 320-pound human being who is pushing back the way Brandon Graham does. All right, let's go to Les in uh, South Jersey. Les, you're on BGN Radio, man. What's going on? Hey, hey, how you guys doing? Good. Who is, uh, who, what, what's your, been your, your main X factor of uh, three weeks into the season here? Listen, I'm a lifelong Eagles fan. I mean, my pop had season tickets to the old vet. I mean, I grew up by, you know, Eagles is in my DNA. And I'm just going to say, you know, the obvious stuff is like I like the conversation you just had about Fletcher and, the, and you know, Carson Wentz. But, you know, what I pick out is the play calling. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's the X factor. The play calling, like in the Chicago game, in the, in the red zone, you know, under Andy Reid, we were so predictable. You know what I mean? But when they doing bubble screens and misdirection and getting in the end, I was like, wow, I've never seen an Eagles team. I mean, you talk about Dick Vermeil, you talk about, you know, uh, uh, oh, God forbid, Buddy Ryan, whatever. I mean, but the play calling. <laughs> yes. The play calling and the, and, and the offensive acumen of Frank Reich 
and Doug Peterson. Yeah, and let's it, I'll, it, I'll it, even it's under it's understated. I'll even add on to that because just like you said, like we're not even used to. Where it's more or less like give us one or the other. Be creative. We can we can let some of the warts and pimples kind of go through here. But I mean, the fact that he's done it game planning and on game day, where it's both been like <laughs> the, the, the opposing defenses have looked. Really, really silly, confused, and and yeah. and all the yeah. things that we think of as fans is like, well, this is where you need to attack these guys. He goes and does it, and does it better than than we expected it to happen. Like it's insane how fast that's happened. Hey, look, John Gruden on Monday Night Football, he said it himself, and he knows he knows offense, and he said the stuff that we're calling down on the goal line is unheard of. I mean, it even impressed him. And the point I'm trying to make overall is that, you know, listen, I don't know how far we're going to go this season. It's, you know, it, we might go, you know, we might make the playoffs. We don't. We're all we're playing with house money now. But what I am going to say, and I'm, I'm going to say this and shut up about it, is that we got an opportunity for the first time to get the rookie of the year, the coach of the year, and the GM of the year. Yes. And yeah. I, I'm just thinking, you know what I mean, the upside of all of that. You know what I mean? When you, when you pay it forward come next year, come the draft, and this, that, and the other. I mean, and even with free agency, Philly is a place right now that people want to come to. Absolutely. You know I mean? this, and, and, and that is and mainly that's because they got a quarterback. Mainly that is because Carson Wentz is going to be there throwing him the football. Yeah, I agree. But but going back to, to his point, Les's point about Doug Peterson, I agree, the play calling, the game planning. But I think the other thing that has been so impressive and, and also not talked about is how well this team is executed. Uh, if you want to look for a, for a sign of good coaching, it's a team that plays together, doesn't make mistakes, doesn't have miscues, mental breakdowns, all the stuff we saw last season with Chip Kelly over and over and over again. We've seen none of it. I, like a minimal, minimal amount through three games. Doug Peterson not only is calling a great game, but he's getting his guys ready to play. And that's something that I think is really underrated. Especially in, you know, just like I said, in eight days, once you find out your uh, your your starter's changed and you're going to move on from there, I think that says a, a lot. I mean, you just, you know, BLG, we're down there. We feel it. We see the differences from, I mean, I, I wasn't down there last year, but you were. What, what has been the differences between that? There's just a new energy around this team, and you see it. And just even looking at those, uh, those post-game uh, locker room speeches that Doug Peterson, <laughs> it's like, right. those are like, those are, it's so different than last year. Like you see Doug Peterson there and he's getting everyone fired up and everyone like loves just being around him. It's really like the energy has changed around this team and this organization and, and people inside the building say that all the time. You know, I've talked to numerous people who are like the energy is just, things just feel better. Things just feel different. And that was even before coming into the season. Obviously they're three, and know, everyone's going to feel great because of Team's winning, everything, everyone's happy. But even before this year going into that, and I was kind of like, yeah, okay. I kind of just feel like you're kind of just saying that because Chip is gone and everything. Of but course. but yeah. <laughs> I, it seems like it's true. Well, and, and taking it a step further, football of any sport there is, is a game of emotion, a game of cohesion, a game where a team needs to play together, all be firing towards the same goal. And we didn't see that with, you know, that that's really where you see it with the how much this team plays together and, and seems like they care about her and it, it about each other. And it seems like Doug Peterson is a leader. It's it's really, John, I mean, it's been the most surprising thing that's happened for me this season, even more than once. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think there's and again, it's the same thing. It's, you know, the only comparison I I even hate to say it because I don't want to get that hyped up. But, you know, you think Belichick Brady and you're just oh, like, oh, it's, that same, it's that same it's that same kind of feeling combination. Mm-hmm. It's, or you can say, Andy, I, I probably should say 
Andy and Donovan or something like that, but it's better than that. It just feels better than it that. Does. No, in it does, though. Going, in the early going, at least, it feels better. And I don't want to say McCarthy and Rodgers because that's an awful combination. Like McCarthy's he's, a bad coach. He's holding back Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> so there's really, no, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah, we could say, uh, we'll say Farvin, Farvin Andy. Yeah, that kind of has that kind of feel to it where you have a, a lot of juice that's coming in here. So we go to our good friend, Stephen Tampa. Stephen, what's going on, buddy? Well, good afternoon, gentlemen. What's happening? Oh, I don't know. Are we having our uh, six thirty thunderstorm? Oh, down down there. Well, yeah, we're probably probably getting up there too. But what's uh, well, what's been your X factor through these uh, first three weeks here? Well, I'll tell you something. I, uh, I everything is going real smooth. No turnovers, no interceptions. Um, wouldn't you like to see how the team operates after it has a really bad game? Um, get blown out by somebody, and how they come back the next game after that since there's no more buys, obviously. So they'd have like six days to come back after a bad outing. Don't you think that's the mark of a team that, that is resilient and uh, doesn't get all upset? Yeah, I, I'm absolutely, Steve. I think there's... Yeah, I think handling yeah. adversity... Look, that if you want to say... if it, I think that's really the only only kind of criticism or, or attempted criticism you can level here with this 3-0 start is they haven't faced any adversity yet. You know, how are they going to react? How is Carson, Doug, all those guys going to react when the chips are down and everything's against them? That's really the only question we have left with them. So so I think Steve's right that that is important to see. But at the same time, I you know, I don't... I the, what, From what we've seen, I find it very hard to believe that adversity is going to knock these guys down. I, not, not with, and I know we kind of want to see that. It's a, it's a weird thing of just like, well, yeah. I, I want to see them you play from know. behind. You I want to see them do all these things. Maybe you don't have to. That's what I'm Can saying. You imagine? Maybe, Can you imagine? Can you imagine? If it was just the perfect season, <laughs> there's just no losing, no nothing, and it's just pure dominance. I would just be constantly asking myself, what did we do to deserve this awesome? I'll tell you what it was. it was. It was 80 years of sadness and, and losing and one title in 40 years. That's what it was. <laughs> That's right. Well, we want to know. We're going to continue with the X Factors. But, of course, we've got the NFC lease coming up at 640. And that's uh, right here on BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barchard here from BGN Radio, and a lot of people ask me, how do you take your podcast to the next level? How can you do live remotes from different venues? What's the best equipment to use? How do you get started? Well, my friends over at New Media Studios and Trevos have all the answers. It is a complete one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. A top-of-the-line professional studio with unbeatable prices. You can record your own show with an on-site producer. They'll stream it live, and they'll even host your podcast so they can distribute it to iTunes or any other podcast provider. New Media Studios is also the best in the business if you need to take your podcast on the road. They have everything you need to broadcast live from any venue that you're heading to. And as someone that has been in podcasting for over 10 years, New Media Studios takes all my stress away. I don't have to worry about anything but talking into the microphone. So go check them out at NewMediaRecordingStudios.com. That's NewMediaRecordingStudios.com. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. There's a lot of different X Factors in this Eagles season thus far. And we've mentioned Brandon Graham. That has definitely been one of them. Doug Peterson has been another. I'll throw mine out there. I'm going to say it's 
Jordan Hicks. Ooh. Only because there was a lot of different there's a lot of different things. Going into the season, you know, it's like great rookie year. Of course, because we're Philadelphians, we all start thinking, well, he's hurt, so he's never going to play the same again. And it's that same all-star level that we saw last year. And, you know, I, I just keep thinking, and maybe I shouldn't, and this is kind of, maybe this is what's wrong with me as a Philadelphian and maybe even as a sports fan, but I keep thinking, you want to go ahead and put Tony Romo out there week eight. That's the first time he's going to see this front four and Jordan Hicks. If you really want to put him in harm's way again, we all know what happened last year. <laughs> like, I don't, th- I don't think you really want to do that. But Jordan Hicks, without a doubt, I, I think is, and we mentioned this on the, uh, on the, on the podcast on Tuesdays. We're out and about. Of course, we'll be in uh, Bryn Mawr this this Correct. week for the uh, the Bud Light Live uh, at uh, Grog, the Grog, the Grog, uh, baby, out there. So, if you want to come by, there's prizes and there's a lot of good stuff, and you could be a part of the podcast too. But yeah, for me. Uh, I just think he's very not not over, under or overrated. Really, he's just underappreciated as far as being a part of this defense. I couldn't agree more. I think he's probably the most underappreciated player on the team, either side of the ball so far this season. I, I I also think that last year there were a lot of splash plays that he made. You know, the interceptions, the fumbles, recoveries, the sacks, and all that. This year, he's just been he's just been everywhere, and and he hasn't made me been like you know people might not be noticing how good he's playing. Because he's almost making it look effortless. He is always by the ball, BLG. I think the scheme change is a big thing, too. I think Huge I was kind of concerned about how he would fare in the in the 4-3, obviously, as opposed to the 3-4 and being a little less protected. Because, you know, in the two-gap, you know, you have the defensive lineman kind of controlling the gaps and the linebacker can make the play from here. You know, you know now it's a different responsibility for him. Uh, I think one of the most impressive things about... Uh, Jordan Hicks is, I'm going to say he's like the Carson Wentz of the defense. <laughs> yeah. Because he is. Because you see is. him out he's there very bright. before the offensive snap. He's directing everyone. Mm-hmm. That's you know that's a big thing with him. And, yeah, he's been great. It's it's amazing that there are there are definitely a lot of good football players on this defense. And you don't think – that's how much Billy Davis conditioned it to be like, man, I don't know. <laughs> but really, I he mean – He is a bad defensive coordinator. But then when you step back and look at everything that's in here, like, wow, there is there's a lot of really good players on the football uh, t- on this football team. Uh, what is what is probably not, though, as we're going to get into every week, not a lot of good football players on this next list. It's time for the NFC list. The Follies. The Screwballs. And the Screw-Ups. It's BGN Radio's NFC list on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Aha, right, fellas. Let's see what's going on with the least of the least. My favorite time of the week. All right, let's, uh, you know, what? we always go Washington last because they're racist. So we like to put them last. Yeah. But you know what? Let's go first this time. Let's go with Washington. Johnny, what's happening down in the nation's capital? Uh, congratulations on the win and all that. And yeah, yeah, and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> don't worry, New York. You, you, we got you coming next. Are they allergic to the to the end zone? Is that, is, I mean, is that, like, get down to the, the, the most passing yards, right? Like, I think Kirk Cousins is second or maybe even first in passing yards. And then they get down there. And you know who their best offensive player is right now? It's the field goal kicker. That's it. It's Hopkins. That's it. They can't. They haven't scored a touchdown in forever in the red zone. So unless it's Deshaun catching a long bomb or somebody else that's out there, they they run nothing but draws. They run naked bootlegs that don't go anywhere. Washington's still terrible, BLG. And then you go look at the other side of the ball. Their defense is terrible. They've allowed something like the fourth most yards in the league. Like, this is just not a good team. It's uh yeah. It the the noodle arm continues to be. Make me laugh week in and week out. Pretty sure I'm a better running back than Matt Jones. All right, let's <laughs> head down 
to Dallas. What is going on with the Cowboys right well, now? Well, you know what? I mean, it's an exciting time in Dallas because obviously Tom Brady, excuse me, <laughs> Dak Prescott got, got keeps the wind train rolling here, waiting for Tony Romo to get in place. They win convincingly against Brian Hoyer and the Bears. And you know what Des Bryant does to celebrate? Do you know what he does, boys? What's He's, he do? He skips out on Monday <laughs> and he skips out on Tuesday for his MRI, which, uh, hey, guess what? Uh, what is it, a broken shin, a broken leg, something that uh, might be happening down there, and you decide, now nah, forget all that stuff. I'm just going to enjoy my injury. I'm not going to tell anybody about it. I have just settled with the financial advisor who I sued, who the Cowboys directed me in the first place, so I'm good. <laughs> I just ripped Washington's defense. Dallas's defense isn't much better. There's not a lot of talent on that side of the ball. This is just a, a division where there isn't a lot of good defense, except in Philadelphia. Okay, let me just real quick before we move on here, I'll let you guys know. Des did have a great excuse for missing the MRI. Oh, did he? Yeah, he said his phone died, and he just <laughs> went. No, he said his phone died. He wanted the rest of the day off. Didn't feel like dealing with anybody. So, I mean, come on, that's about as legitimate excuse. His phone died as anyone for two could possibly days. Have there. For two days, his phone died. That's hey, amazing. Hey, hey, come on. All right, let's move on. Let's move up to those New York. Giants. Hey, the most improved defense, the best <laughs> defense in the AFC East, just gave up 29 points to Washington. A guy that can't throw, a guy that is one for nine against teams that actually matter, lost to a divisional opponent at home. Oh my God, I can't, I can't. This is this is what just makes me so happy. The Eagles are winning the NFC East, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, the more and more we go in through this thing. There's just nothing here that scares me in the division at all. Giants had a plus four point differential after their first two games down to only plus two now. Oh, huh. interesting. Interesting how that works out in a couple of weeks. I'd just like to say that I'm happy that even though Tom Coughlin has left, they have kept his memory intact by still blowing games at the last <laughs> second. So that's always good to see. All right, let's finish it out. We always do. We got to do our own. John, what's going on in Philly right now? Nothing! nothing! Absolutely Nothing! <laughs> It's 3-0, baby. It's awesome, I'm baby. feeling good. There's nothing wrong at all with the Philadelphia Eagles. And that'll wrap up the NFC list. Uh, well, we have been asking, though, and that's why we're so pumped, is there's just a lot of different things that have been happening the first three weeks in the season. We're looking for what's been your X factor uh, so far. Let's go to uh, Dwayne in North Philly. Dwayne, you're on BGN Radio and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. I'm of course. First time caller. Thanks for making it, Dwayne. Um Hey, uh, I just, um, I'm going to be honest, when they got Doug Peterson, I was okay with that because I wanted a coach who actually played the game. But when they got Carson Wentz, my attitude was, oh, man, he dominated JV, and I don't know. <laughs> so one time I called another station, and they were saying, should they put him in immediately? And I said, yes, because if they believe that much in him and they drafted him with the number two pick, yes. They should put him in there. And I just want to tell everybody, please settle down, enjoy it. But when he begins to play like a rookie, don't turn your back on him. Don't trash him. Remember, this man is young, and he's good, and he's going to get better. Yeah, and, 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 and Dwayne, I think like you were, you were both in mine and, and James' head here because that's, I mean, that's how we felt. And that's we we didn't understand why on earth you would hold on to Sam Bradford. Why on earth you would just, you know, delay this like six months a year, have him sit. It's like no, he's the number two pick overall. Like he has right. to get playing time. He you know he's twenty four. He's not like a a young twenty one year old golf that needs time on the bench or whatever that's going through here. So yeah, and I don't think 
And Dwayne, I don't think there's going to be a lot of people if that rookie gully does happen, which, you know, it's we're, we're expecting it every day. I mean, we expected it two weeks ago, but um, I, I think people are so satisfied with what he's shown as a floor that, that we're all good here, you know, no matter no matter how bad the, the, it might uh, or how ugly it could get for a couple of games. And that's good because he's human. You know what I mean? And right now, yeah, let's enjoy it, right? Let's enjoy it. But, you know, he's human. And, and nobody thought, other than the Eagles staff, and I'm going to say nobody other than uh, Doug Peterson, thought that he was going to be this good because he drafted him, they got rid of Bradford, and they said, yeah, come on. And so – you got to get him credit. No, um, Dwayne, Dwayne, we agree. Uh, and and I, I'll go so far to say is, as whatever rookie lull I was expecting before, and again, I'm not going to say he's not going to make rookie mistakes. I'm not expecting close to the same type of lull that I expected before. I don't expect him to go on a string of interception games or whatever. I, I, he's better than I ever expected him to be. He has already passed you know, that that rookie lull type of level in my mind. I, I don't see him really struggling. And that's how I mean, in the first in the first week, in the first week he did that. We both declared, or at least I did. I said, Well, he's not he's not gonna bust. He said unbustable. <laughs> he unbustable. And oh, wait, hold on. You said more unbustable was kind of more how it sounded. <laughs> I can't get as deep as you sadly. Yeah, and there is but I you know, I I, I we'll just have to wait and see. Maybe maybe those rookie things don't come until the second year when there's more tape on him and there's more tape on Doug, and we'll get into that in a little bit, too, as we go to Aquel in Philly. What's going on, man? You're on BGN Radio. Hey, how's it going today, guys? Good, man. Good. Thanks for having me. I'm first-time caller. Oh, we appreciate uh, you calling in. Thank you. Uh, I think my uh, big X factor this season has been the second half. I, I feel like whatever Coach Peterson is doing and, uh, and during the halftime, what he's talking about the teams – um, I think he dissects the team over the first half very well because uh, the Eagles have dominated the uh, second half against every team they played. They played a lot better. Uh, they outscored Cleveland, uh, what, 16-3. to They outscored the uh, the Bears, uh, what, 21-0, or as you were, Pittsburgh, 21-0, mm-hmm. and they outscored the Bears in the second half. I feel like our coaching staff is very smart at adapting and making those changes for the second half so that we, we come out there and play as a better football team. No, that's and, a uh, great point, Aquel. And I would add on at the, the dreaded time of possession, the Eagles are the <laughs> best <laughs> in football at it. And, and I guarantee you that that helps at the end of games. They're fresher. They're, you know, I think that certainly adds to your point, but we've certainly seen really good halftime adjustments from the coaching staff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Hats off to them. And, and you know what? I try not to be worried. You know, everyone's saying, you know, he's a rookie quarterback with Wentz. You know, he had a couple of good games. Let's see how he plays. You know, I feel like knowing that our coaching staff is able to make those changes in the game, even though, you know, they may have stuck to some sort of a game plan that they go out through the week, they're able to make those adjustments. And I feel like during the season, it's going to be the same thing. If, you know, if like a couple games down the line, Wentz looks like he doesn't, he's not doing something right, I feel like they're going to make those adjustments for him. Well, so I think, yeah, absolutely, Aquel. And I, I think he kind of, you know, does that on its own. I mean, he's he's still not going out of the film room and a lot of other stuff. He's doing it in the mornings <laughs> and at dinner and yeah. at lunch and whatever. <laughs> uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. And what I want to tell you uh, right at 7 o'clock as we're coming back is there, there's no way that the Eagles come out of the bye and lose to Detroit. That's next right here on BGN Radio and Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's BGN Radio, John Barcher, James Zelser, and of course, Brandon Gunn from Birds 24-7. We're with you till 8 o'clock. 
Then the great Dave Weintraub takes over. Um, you know, I was saying just before we uh, we came back that uh, can't worry about Detroit at all. It is it is an absolute 1,100% million billion lock of the century Love it. next week. I'm going to tell you why. How do you really feel, though, John? I'm going to tell you why. Got the bye week. That's an extra week to prepare for whatever, right? Then you add in it's Jim Schwartz's former team. Guy that said, you know, you're not good enough. They carried so, yeah. him off the field the last time the Bills, the Bills beat him. <laughs> That's right. So you have that extra factor. And if you're not telling me that over 90% of that defense, which was here last year, didn't remember getting completely embarrassed in Detroit from a guy named Jim Bob Cooter, you tell me what's going to happen. It's going to be, forget, here's what I'm going to say, forget the body bag game. Because I don't know what's going to happen in Detroit. <laughs> I honestly, uh, it makes me scared for most. Of, it makes me scared for Theo Riddick. It makes me scared for Matt Stafford. What's cooking up there in every single one of? The, I mean, like that is bulletin board material the entire week. And I, I am really honestly scared about how many players are going to come off that field. Next Sunday. Not to mention the Lions just aren't very good, guys. They lost to the Titans at home. Uh, if they didn't have that comeback in the first week against the Colts, who aren't very good, they'd be 0-3 right now. So, not the best team. Yeah, no, and, they were, and, they're not, and they're not good. That yeah, should be well, <laughs> the main part of it is they're not good. Yeah, and also they're banged up on top of that. I mean, they're two best, maybe players, but definitely best defensive players are Ezekiel Ansah and DeAndre Levy. Both definitely out this week. Ansa is almost a lock to be out against the Eagles as well. Maybe Levy's back. Either way, those are literally their two best defensive players. You could throw Darius Slay in there as well. But but like we just said, it really comes down to the fact that the Eagles are just a better football team, like a significantly better football team. I have more faith that that the Bears have a chance to beat the Lions than the Lions coming in next week and beat the Eagles. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I went well, there. And that's why, you know, and you look at – you look at this squad and, uh, you know, there's everybody's everybody's schedule looks relatively similarly hard in the division. So you, then you kind of start thinking about, you know, I, I mean, we've all declared Eagles are going to win the NFC East. They really are. But in the NFC East, is there, I mean, like, what is the outlook for the rest of the teams right now? I just, I, I don't see, I don't see anything that really pops out. Honestly, that's going to be like oh, that. Nothing scares me. There's not a, a team on the Eagles' schedule now after the Pittsburgh is just, that looks like, oh my God, it's it's overly scary to, to to have this matchup or this is an automatic loss or whatever. It's just kind of I I really don't see how this squad doesn't go five and one against the division. Yeah, it's crazy to think about too because we talk so much about that murderer's row that they have with the Bengals and the Seahawks and the Packers. And now you look at all three of those games, and granted, I think they'll be the dog in all three, but you could see them winning any of those three games or all three. I mean, that's that's where it's at right now with this team and with those teams as well. Um, so, so yeah, but also when you look at the rest of the NFC East, I, mean, I, I Washington's out in my mind. I, I'm willing to say that Washington is not making the playoffs. Yeah, They're we declared them dead team. last week. They They're barely dead. beat the – I mean, they should have lost that game to the Giants. They did not deserve to win that game, but again, the Giants – have a way of giving games away at the last possible second. I, I just don't see any the Dallas. Brandon said it before. Dallas's defense is really bad, like epically bad here. I, I just don't. There's no one else in this division that that scares me even a little bit. And they haven't really shown that yet. I mean, Dallas hasn't. Their defense hasn't truly shown how awful it's going to be yet. 
mainly because, and this is where the credit comes in, is because Dak Prescott has played, played really well. He's made up for the mistakes of Ezekiel Elliott in the first couple of games there. The teams that they have played haven't been That's great to I begin with go, anyway, yeah. but I'm saying like he's really been the only anchor that's been there. You look at the Eagles and you're pointing at, just like we're saying, we're having a hard time pointing at five or six different things. We're forgetting about Jordan Hicks. Uh, we're forgetting about all these other guys. And by the way, if you want to get your X Factor in too, 888-729-9494. Who's been the best guy in your mind in the first three weeks of the season? Obviously, besides Carson Wentz, but you know that's where I, that's where I can't wait for the rest of the rest of the league to kind of get a sniff of like how truly bad the rest of the teams are in this division. The point differentials, everything adds up to those three teams. You know, I mean, who knows this? They, the Eagles could run away with this thing by December. I agree, John. And coming into this season, I felt like the Eagles had a legitimate chance to win this division. And that was before we even thought they were going to be any good. I just thought that by default, because like you said, none of the teams, other teams at least, look all that great. And, you know, I did a prediction post for uh over at birds 24 7 of philadelphia magazine the other day and I'm, i was looking through games by games and i was breaking it down and i'm like i could see the eagles going six and zero in the division i really can i other people are like oh they won't do that i'm like why not tell me why not who is the real threat in this division i i mean look i think the giants are probably the biggest competition if you i think yeah look I, I, not the greatest defense ever or anything but I, they are improved on the defensive side of the ball i think people went a little far but with the eagles the, own them james no look I, I i agree with you i think the eagles win the nfc east i'm just saying if you had to pick one of the three teams who who would give them the biggest you know run for their money as it were i think the giants are that team but yeah, i agree man like i look i don't i don't see another team in the nfc that that terrifies me i don't think i think ultimately that that eventually there will be a point here whether it's first week of the playoffs second week of the playoffs where the eagles run into something they can't handle uh, but there it's certainly not the same type of of fear or or even you know respect for the rest of the teams in the league the way that i had prior to the season yeah it's it's amazing how that's kind of it's crazy man your whole around. outlook like, changes yeah the giants on paper were everybody's so it's like oh yeah obviously they'll win the division here and and then uh, Carson Wentz happens, and we all it's, it all gets flipped on its head. As we go to uh, Scott in Barrington, Scott, you're on ninety four WIP. Brother Scott, J and J Security, what's going on, man? <laughs> what's what's up, going on, brother man? Scott? Man, look, I'm just uh, uh, doing Eagle talk, but be allow me to cut in. So congratulations to my boys, Michigan, for beating Wisconsin. <laughs> 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 but that ended, that stay at fourteen seven. By the way, I didn't yes, see that. Okay, yes, there it sir. is. But um, on to our boys, fellas, the Eagles. Um. Two quick questions, if I may. My first question is, what three players from, from um, well, should I say one player from each position, from offense, defense, and special teams, do you think have to step it up a little bit this year? Do you have high expectations for beginning of the season? I think uh, I'll start out with uh, I'll start out with Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, I, I still think that he's been he's been okay, uh, but there's I mean for this I think if this team wants to go even further than we expect him. I mean, he's really got to come along here in the next couple of weeks and really be a factor in the in the receiving game. I I'll think g- that's the only thing that's kind of missing here. I'll go for the defensive one. I think Michael Kendricks jumps off the page. I don't really expect him to, but if you can get anything out of that guy from a defensive perspective, it's really going to add a lot to that defense. And I guess that Definitely. leaves me with a uh, special team. So I'll say John Dornbos <laughs> has to really has to step <laughs> up his really magic up. And, uh, and actually win America's Got Talent next year. Ah. What a what a terrible there job I've okay. there, right? <laughs> okay. What do you, okay, what do you la- Yeah, go ahead, Scott. My last question, Father, I want to say thanks for taking my call and enjoy your your fellow sports knowledge ability. My last question, um, 
What um what does um Dak Prescott bring to the table a little better than Carson Wentz does, and what does Carson Wentz bring to the table a little bit better than um Mr. Prescott? Because you know that they're, they're being compared. You know, of course, we're being rookies, but fellas, um, I listen to your answer, fellas, and um, let's go Eagles next Sunday, baby. Let's Talk do to it, you guys. Later, peace. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you, Scott. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, that's a, that's actually a great question. I don't know if I have a complete answer. I would say Carson Wentz definitely has. A better, deep, accurate ball? Everything. Bigger. <laughs> I mean, look, Carson Wentz is bigger, stronger, better deep ball. Uh, I, really, I mean, when you stop and think about it, really the skill sets, I think the only thing that you could say Dak is absolutely better at is is his ability to run. And, and obviously Wentz can do that too. But other than that, I don't think there's anything you can say just watching the two play where you could say, oh, Dak's better at that. Yeah, I agree. I think Wentz, we said this earlier, Dak has been good, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but Carson has been special. I just don't see that same thing from Dak. Yeah, and I don't think it's, I mean, if, if Dak does eventually prove that, it's still going to take him, it's going to take him a, a long time to kind of get all those facets down. It's, as much as some want to criticize and say that, you know, he's been in this like incubator type of thing, or Carson Wentz that is, where he's, you know, been really protected by Doug Peterson. Dallas has do, done the same exact thing. I mean, they've taking the ball out of his hands a bunch of times. He's not doing anything crazy. Sure, he's doing some of the checkoffs. And I think we're getting a little too obsessed with, like, the, the audibling and, the you know, the reading defenses. And, and look, I'm not saying it's not important. Uh, it, it very much is. But, I mean, that, that's what you're expected to do at this level. Those are, those are things that, you know, obviously for two rookies, and we're not used to audibling in this town for the <laughs> past three years. So I get that. But, you know, I'm, I guess I'm not overly impressed with that stuff, more or less just – what is actually happening on the field, making the right reads, going to the right guys, and enforcing the issue, the aggressiveness of Carson Woods, we haven't seen from Dak Prescott yet. Yeah, I think, look, to poise, maturity, that that's the type of stuff we've actually we've seen from Dak as well, maybe not to the same level. I think the thing that really, that I've noticed between the two that, that I would compare them in is it looks like they both really just enjoy playing football. Like you see them out there having fun and smiling. They're football guys. They're a heck of a football guy. Um, so I, I do think that, you know, look, again, I, I think Brandon makes a great point here. Uh, it's it's naturally going to happen. Like you're always going to compare Mike Trout and Bryce Harper. And, you know, you're always going to compare those guys who come into a league at the same time and play the same position, whatever it is. So Dak and Wentz, because they've had so much early success, are, are going to be linked and obviously – the Dallas Philly thing doesn't hurt either, um, but I, I think that it's it's really unfair to both of them because it, it's really not a fair comparison. It's kind of unbelievable that actually that that's the comparison we're at now after what we thought was going to oh, be yeah. at the beginning what of the year golf? with golf. Like <laughs> we're not even talking about that. Well, like it's where's that one at? two right? I mean, we talk about you know Leaf and Manning years later and all those types of one two decisions where one was the right and one was wrong or whatever. Donovan and, and Tim Couch, we've seen it so many times. Those guys are always linked together. But for some reason, this time we've got the second pick and a fourth round pick. Yeah, together. where's the hit piece on like, hey, start the guy. I don't care if he's 21 or not. Like, if you can't beat out Case Keenum, where's where's the hot take article there? Like, that's completely, you know, instead we're, we're debating about, and I really do think it's just all Philadelphia, Dallas. That's all it is. That's the only reason why we're getting into a peeing match about it back and forth. I don't care, though, because they, they really are good football players. As my, I, I mean, like, I, we're always rooting for the Eagles. We're always doing that. Dak, Dak Prescott has been really impressive thus far and this he was put in the same situation with you know, a little more weapons as we've said before but you know i i don't care carson wentz is uh, is clearly better and he's played better the the first three weeks of the season and that's going to be 
the reason, I mean, like, let's just, that's why I kind of want to fast forward to week eight. It's just like, all right, fine. Let's put it on, let's put it on the field and really see what happens here. Well, is, is Dak even going to play week eight? I was going to say I, that. I mean, it, look, I, I know it, we all think it's kind of crazy. And I, and I bet you there's a, a good portion of the Dallas fan base who wants Dak to keep playing, but Dallas has made it very clear that as soon as Tony Romo is ready to play, He's going to play. Dak has said that. Yeah, every, Dak that's has what said I mean. It's Tony Romo's enti- team. Yeah, the entire organization is very clear. So I don't even know if we're going to get to see that Dak Wentz thing because I think there's a decent chance. You know what? I think more likely Romo comes back in like week six, gets hurt again, and then we get to see it. Yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, 888-729-9494 is we're uh, looking for your X factors, and James hasn't. James hasn't brought up his I yet. Have it's not. kind of it's kind of a little of a, a little bit of a curious one. So can, I'm, can I'm, I have two? Is that a uh, yeah? Yeah. No. Why not? Hey, here's what I'm going to do because I, I I the way it's phrased right now, I'm going to give you my X factor, but I'm also going to give you who needs to be the X factor moving forward. Mm. Uh, right now, I, for me, Malcolm Jenkins is the X factor so far, just because obviously the whole leadership on defense and all that. But he's pl- I mean, he's always been good here. We've always said he's underappreciated. He's having his best season, or at least the first three games we've seen him play. Uh, and the difference that he has made in coverage and the ability to to help out the weakest part of this defense has been, I can't even describe how important it's been for this defense's success. But when you ask me the question and, and, and looking about X Factor and kind of thinking about it moving forward and, and what I could see, Nolan Carroll also came to my mind. Because, no, because look, he's the best cornerback. He's the best cornerback on this team, and they. Oh, need... are you sure about that? Oh, stop it, Leotis <laughs> McKelvin. Get out of here. Dude, Nolan Carroll has been pretty good. Like he hasn't been great or anything, but he's been all right. He has gotten the job done comparative to the rest of the corners on this team. And I think that this is, as we've talked about, if this defense has a chance to be as good as we think it is, and and granted that having the D line that gets the quarterback helps with this. You need at least one corner who can really cover guys. And I don't know if any of them will, but I think Carroll has the best chance to be that guy. All right, well, we, we'll, we'll debate about that. 888-729-9494 if you want to get your X-Factor in as well. Plus, can the Eagles go undefeated in the month of October? We'll have that answer right after the break. It's BGN Radio with John Barchard, Brandon Lee Gowden, and James Elser right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm pretty sure, at a minimum, Eagles could probably, other than one game in October, probably win out in October. But there are some of the things that they can go undefeated. We're going to get into that. In just a little bit, it is BGN Radio with John Barchard, James Elser, Brandon Lee Gouton. Uh, let's get this out of the oh, way. Oh, man. Joe, the Cowboys fan, saying we're being overdramatic about uh, the the Wentz hype. Is that true, Joe? That's exactly right. When you look at their statistics, they're almost identical. And the Eagles play two JV games. Said, Ident- identical? What are you watching? Identical. Do you, are, you're, you're just going stat. Have you watched Carson Wentz play? Like, if, Listen, uh, their stats are... Look, do you read the USA article? The USA article said Dak Prescott's better. The USA not, article. Who's, who's, is it USA like the Today? entire country is an article for this? USA Today. Newspaper. But so hold on, real quick, real quick. So if USA Today tells you that something is better than the other thing, you're just in, and that's it. Listen, or if you just work in Philly sports and you're just so blinded on the Kool-Aid that you go for anything, you might say what you're saying as well. Listen, he's good. Wentz is playing great. 
he's not clearly better than Zach in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I mean, you're, wait, you're telling us about bias, and you're like, well, it's good. Clearly, uh, clearly Dak's been better. There's, there's nothing that Dak has done that is, I mean, like, that is, again, been it's been very pedestrian. You missed a very big point. 75% of the passes that Carson Wentz throws, he throws to his first look. Who, ca- who cares? If his first look is open, who cares? Is he making completions? Wait till see the film. Wait till teams see the film on him. Start watching what's going on. Yeah, and then they'll, 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 Joe, Joe how, many, how many reads do you think yeah. there are in one play? And not just that, Honestly, how many, like, that's the biggest... I'm just telling you. Joe, real quick. How right, many, I'm, I'm just telling you this. Okay, listen real close, Joe. Okay, now he's gone. Uh, That's a, Honestly. I mean, well, just that whole <laughs> argument is ridiculous. First of all, he wants to say USA Today told him, but how about all the other experts who have watched the film and said that Carson Wentz is the best rookie they've seen or this or that or whatever it is? I mean, you can't just take one article and be like, well, I'm going with that one. And wait until they see the film on Dak Prescott. Don't tell me wait until they see the film on Carson Wentz, who's yeah. been better. But you bring up, I mean, like this, this happens all the time. You hear it, and you hear it with a lot of QBs that come out of college. Just that's like, oh, well, he runs. That's just a one-read offense that they're coming from, and he's never gone through his progressions. Like that's a huge deal. Literally, there there might be max three reads in a play, and even three is stretching it. You're looking at one, and you're looking at two, and then that's it. Because you know what? You're dead after that. I mean, there's a reason why the the average snap to snap from you know snap to throw is about three seconds. You know, I don't I don't know how it can get to that third read in three seconds. Yeah, well, how about this? Do you remember that Darren Sproles? Play? I was just going to say that. Like, James. Do you remember that? Was do you think that was his read? Do you think that was the way that play was supposed to go? I, I, mean, <laughs> I don't think so. Just watch the games, man. You mean where Jason Kelsey literally came up to them the sideline afterwards and just said <laughs> words we can't say. Words we can't say. <laughs> uh, are you a robot, man? You play you Madden look, out you look there. Like you're playing Madden out there. Interesting note on that play. I saw something on Twitter about uh, Doug Peterson. The headset stopped working. Carson Wentz called that play. Yeah, by I just the way. saw this. Yeah. See. See, it's just, uh, you know, every time you just... Dak could have done it. Yeah, seriously. All right, let's go to Jim in Delaware. Jim, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. I, just, I wanted to call up and give you my X-Tactor. Absolutely. Who's it been for you uh, the past three weeks here? Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz is the number one. Schwartzy! The, the way he game-planned against everybody, and, you know, he was like, okay, well, you know, Pittsburgh has some deep threats, so I'm just going to blitz with my front four <laughs> and not blitz the whole game pretty much. Yeah, and that's and that's usually been his mo, and especially against you hear that about the you know the Steelers game and really challenged them to kind of do that. And you're gonna you're gonna win every time if you're getting pressure with just the front four. Yeah, but then you play subpar teams, and he sending he sends blitz left and right, but he knows it ain't nothing gonna happen. No, he's a really, really smart defensive coordinator, and the, and we all loved him coming in because of the fire and the and the, you know he's got that Philly kind of feel to him. But, yes, from an X's and O's scheming standpoint, he's brilliant. And, Jim, this is what we're going to ask uh, now is where do you see the Eagles' first loss in October? Is it the Lions? Is it Washington? Is it uh, Minnesota? Is it the Cowboys? No, they're not going to lose. Yes. Yeah, not going to lose. Get him, Jimmy. Not going to lose in the, uh, in the month of October. Well, I already said, you know, I said Lions already taken care of. Washington... Uh-oh. Might be the trap game. Oh, no. Washington might be the trap game. I know. They're terrible. We just went through all the other stuff. But I, I, think it's, I think it's either a trap game to Washington or Sammy Sleeves. Excuse me. Sammy Super Bowl comes oh, in gosh. into town. And it's not because of Sammy that they lose the game. I just think Minnesota might be just that much better of a defensive team than even the Eagles are here.
Yeah, I, I agree. I think for me, that Minnesota game is is the loss. I, I don't even care what happens in the next two games. I think they lose it anyway. Uh, that Vikings D, again, I said it before, I, uh, outside of, of you know Denver and Seattle, they're probably the best defense in football. It's That's how good they are. Both, you know, the front seven and that back four, uh, just a really, really good defense that is coached really well. That's a tough game, especially if you're sitting at 5-0 and oh, and there's a lot of pressure with Bradford coming in. That feels like a loss to me. I'm thinking it's either the Vikings game or the Cowboys game. I feel like there's got to be one loss here in in uh, October. I don't think they go 16-0 or 19-0. Sorry, guys. Yeah, man. Brandon, just they get out of go. here. Get out of here. The door is <laughs> right there. Fine. Yeah, no, he's literally <laughs> getting up and leaving. Yeah, I, I just, um, I, it's, it's kind of crazy. Well, let's, let's take the, the, the next chunk of, of November. There, you have uh, the Giants away. There's a lot of see. There's a lot of away games, like all at once. Um, and they, they, they then they kind of alternate all through. But Giants away, Falcons at home. Whew, tough one in Seattle, and then and then Green Bay at home. So that's always. I think that's going to be where the toughest stretch comes through. So you might actually, you might actually need them to go, uh, you know, to, to, to win outright in October uh, because November is when the when the heavy hitters kind of come in here. Yeah, it's interesting. I, that Seattle game, I don't care really how bad they've looked or whatever. That is a tough place to play no matter what. So I think you, if you're going to go through and do the win loss thing, I think you have to look at that game as a a probable loss, but. Look, just the fact that we could talk about this part of the schedule and talk about competition and them being, you know, potentially beating these teams that we were like, oh, they could go five and eleven and lose this and this all these games, and 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 now this is real games that we can actually look ahead and say, hey, they've got a chance. All right, let's go to uh, Bill in New Jersey. Bill, you're on uh, BGN Radio. What's going uh, on, man? Yes, uh, yes, I like to call in response to the Dallas fan that just called. <laughs> of yeah, course, I get it. Uh, of course, yeah. I mean, how can he say? Zach is better than him. When uh, last week Carson Wentz got Player of the Week over the whole league, yeah. so Zach, Zach hasn't done that. No, you know? not yet. I mean, that's and I don't know. I like her words are great and everything. I don't know if that's the determinant be all end all, but still, yeah. I mean, like there's a clear difference, and James said this a lot. There's a clear difference between you know making the right reads and doing the thing, and then making everybody on the team better. I mean, you know, and, and that's what he's done thus far. That's what he's done the, the first three he weeks, which is crazy. Yards. He had over 300 yards, too. So, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, the first week that he was rookie of the week, I, I give him that second week, Zach was rookie of the week. But the third week, he came back with against with the, the defense that they said that was, was going to be his real test against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And they dominated. Yes. And and still, like, even so, and Bill, we appreciate the call. And that's what baffles me the most about this entire week is just like, yeah, that still wasn't really good enough for some some of the folks out there. Well, here's what I can't understand is I'm just so surprised that Dallas fans actually are saying this stuff. They're usually so reserved and mm-hmm. so you're never willing to say that their team is, is better. <laughs> Not or delusional at all. God, I mean, seriously. It's uh, like, I uh, for me, I, I'm so just... I'm not surprised that Dallas fans are saying that. That's actually the least surprising thing of all time. But I'm surprised that there there are actual national media people, people who watch football for a living, who are willing to stake their reputation, stake their their you know ability to analyze things, people's opinions of them on this opinion. Because all you have to do is watch. It's not this complicated. It's not brain surgery. One guy just looks better. Yeah, and and that's what I'm saying. They're not. Try- There's so many guys that are trying to look for 
I don't know, to try and talk themselves. They're just trying to talk themselves into a lot of these things here. And it's just like, give it a rest already. You know, we get, I, I don't, I mean, sports wouldn't be fun without these guys. Cause like, who else would we bash and argue with? And on Twitter, on the radio, all just in, just in general, when you're talking with your buddies, but still at the same time, like, man, just give it a rest. Bill in uh, Drexel Hill, you're on uh, BGN radio. What's going on, man? Hey, how you doing? Hold on a second. Take your time. Yeah, we're not busy. We're just hanging. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got, we got you. you, Bill. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, Winston Prescott are probably on the same part right now, but what Prescott has a better QBR. But what I'm going to talk about is you talk about the reads and the lack thereof of what you know Winston on to his first read. But you look at the Steeler game, and there's so many plays where the Steelers didn't even try to tackle. I mean, that, that game was atrocious. I mean, I just, you know, every team has their trap game. And that was the Steelers track game. They didn't come to play. You look at that you look at that Dan Sproles touchdown, two of those Steelers made two of the worst angles to make a they didn't even try to make a tackle on the play. They ran away from the guy. It's like, oh, let's hurry up and get out of here. Now you once once again, you know, the combined record of the teams they played have been two and seven. Two and seven so far. Two teams, no wins yet at all. So I mean, you know, something's got to give here. Something's got to give. It's gonna, you know, got to play a team better than the steel. The Steelers didn't come to play. Look yeah, at the Bill. Tape. Bill. Steelers I, did not come to play. Bill, come on, man. Really? Really? Is that the Look take? At the tape. You got oh, the come tape. on, the though, man. Look, Bill. You can't so, spend the I'm gonna whole. I'm going to say one more time. I'm going to say one more time. Look at the Darren Sproles touchdown. You tell me if the Steelers came to play. B- All right. Thanks, Bill. Um, seriously though, like. Uh, <laughs> All right, you can't spend two weeks saying, oh, it's just the Browns. Oh, it's just the Bears. Now's the test. Now we're going to see the Eagles get their butts kicked. And then when they just totally, like, disembowel the Steelers on the field, when they just beat them in every facet, every possible way, why do people still have to come out and say, oh, but the Steelers did this, the Steelers did that? How about just saying the Eagles beat the crap out of them? It's just going to move to the next team. So the next team on the list is probably Minnesota's the next toughest challenge, right? So Yeah, awesome. Now we got to get to that. Well, they haven't played Seattle yet. Well, they haven't played Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I I just get to the point where just, you know, it doesn't matter to me anymore. They're dominating these teams. That's a key point I think everyone's missing. It's not like they're just getting by. That's one thing. If You're just barely beating the Browns, and you're just barely beating the Bears. They're dominating them. They have a plus 65 point differential. Like That that hasn't been done before. Like This level of success is... It's a great point, because (sighs) when you look at all these numbers and whatnot about teams that have started with 15 or more point Mm -hmm. wins their first three games, they all win the Super... It's like 5 of 10 have won the Super Bowl. The last time the Eagles did it two times. They yep. went to the Super Bowl. They went to the Super Bowl, and the, and four the last four teams to do it all won the Super Bowl. So this is not like just you know some fluky type of thing here. Yeah, and it, that's what I'm saying. Like there's <laughs> by any metric, that's true. You know, by any metric, when you watch it, when you when you even if you were just looking in the stat box, I, it's still like there's a clear difference, and not just with Wentz and Dak and all that. There's a clear difference between the Eagles, not just the NFCs. That's clear that it's already there. Well, rest of the rest of the league right now too, which is which is very exciting to kind of get to you know that's what I'm saying. We're all we're all holding back from saying it, but we all want to say it. Maybe there'll be another trade that we can get excited about here before week eight comes. All right, I tell you what, we're gonna uh, try and get to your phone calls as well, but we've got uh, Kyle Scott from Crossing Broad to do the NFL picks, and that's coming up next. 
right here on BGN Radio and Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. So it is uh, It is getting that time in the evening. It's actually the first time that we've been in the actual evening. It's usually light thing. out yeah, when we're doing this. It's a, it's a little dark out, which means only one thing. It means Kyle Scott from Crossing Broad is <laughs> on the line with us. Kyle, uh, what is happening, my man? How are you this evening? You guys are lucky I'm sober this late. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I was surprised that uh, you were still up for it I after I told them. That was, we're more you know, lucky that John actually told you the right time this time. <laughs> yeah, that's probably... a, that's actually uh, that's actually very true. So, you know, I know you were, I, I think you, we were texting back and forth, and you even said, like, whoa, you guys are going a little overboard with the Eagles winning the NFC East. <laughs> and, you know, we've been debating kind of uh, the, the Wentz versus Dak type of thing here, but I don't know. What's your, what's your take on the first three weeks here? No, well, yeah, and my text was, look, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I think you guys were talking a lot about almost like it was a given that they're going to win the division, that they should go undefeated in the division, the division, and that's when I texted you. I was like, whoa, all right, let's just, <laughs> you know, going undefeated in the division for any team is, is highly impressive. So let's just, you know, like pump the brakes just a tad. But, look, I'm right there with you. Um, as far as the Dak thing goes, I think this could be a storyline for, like, the next decade, this Wednesday. Dak, you know, comparison, these battles. I think is Wentz is be better. That's what I was going to say. Dak has to be good for it to actually happen. I, you know, I don't I know. I don't know. He is. No, I, he I, has he, been good. He's been good. He's been yeah. fantastic so far. I don't think it's just an, as impressive. I think that I think they're trying to make that more impressive than it really is. Is all. And it, Skip Bayless is helping with that. Oh, but I shocker. Think, like you know, if he turns out to be a guy who's the, who's the Cowboys' quarterback for the foreseeable future, and obviously it looks like Wentz is going to be like this, could be the sort of thing like, hey, you know, this is this is like the ongoing battle for You're a few right. years. I, I'd be all for that because they're two totally different types of quarterbacks. Uh, you know, I think it would be a lot of fun actually. It's a good point. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's get to the meat and potatoes, and the reason why we are bringing you on. Let's get to the NFL picks. It's time to ring the bell. Here come the BGN Radio NFL. On Sports Radio 94 WIP. All righty, let's get into it. We got a four pack of picks like usual. No Eagles game this week. Uh, we've been pretty good with the Eagles game, so let's see how we can do without the Eagles on the slate <laughs> here. All right, let's start it off. We're going to hit up those NFC East teams. Let's head down to the nation's capital, Cleveland, and down those Browns who uh, the Eagles beat. Uh, that didn't count. That happened. Oh, yeah. Uh, right, yeah, right. it didn't count. Didn't count. Didn't count. Uh, a seven and a half point favorite for Washington. Kyle, which way are you headed on this one? Yeah, that Browns Dolphins game last weekend was just no one deserved to win that. Like, had something happened at that stadium, awful. It would have just been fitting for the way those two teams played. Uh, the Browns are really bad. Uh, heavy favorites of the Redskins here. I'm actually going with a Cousins uh, Reed stack and maybe a couple of long shot DraftKings leagues. So I like the Redskins a lot here. I think you get like three touchdowns out of uh, out of Cousins, maybe one to Deshaun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust Washington on the road. I don't trust them on home to cover a seven and a half. I still think they win this one, but I think it's going to be very Cleveland Miami esque as you head into FedEx Field here. I'll take Washington. I don't think uh, Cody Kessler and 
and all of that is is doing much for me. I have to take Washington here. Okay, uh, I'm with John, uh, Kyle, Brandon. You guys are just wrong on this one. <laughs> Seven and a half, Washington. So uh, shout out to Kirk Clark of the Ringer. I, I love this little nugget here. Washington. Oh look, James quoting something from Bill Simmons. Hey, That's so hey, crazy. Sorry, I, t- hey, I like the guy. What do you want me to do? And it's Kevin Clark. All right, he just works for the Ringer. Uh, but how about this one? Now this is uh, pretty crazy. Uh, Washington, who was favored by eight earlier this week. Uh, it has not been favored by that much since October of 2009. Wow. And has not covered a spread that high since Todd Collins beat the Cowboys in 2007. That so that's the something. point is this line is way too high. Give me the Browns to cover. And it's not. No, you're reading it wrong. You're reading it wrong. It should tell you something if it hasn't been that long. No, but, but the point that my point is based on specifically the fact that this Washington team is not good and the Browns are. <laughs> Not good Not either, good. but but the Browns, you know what? The Browns have hung in two weeks in a row. I don't think the Browns are are the worst team in football, or at least by a ton. Feed it to Crowell, and you're not going to get oh, a seven and a half And point you want to talk about DraftKings, guys, uh, or FanDuel, or whatever you want to talk about. How about that uh, uh, little guy there named Terrell Pryor? I think he's going to be a <laughs> yeah, beast yeah, exactly. this week. All right, so let's move on. Go ahead, yeah. Kyle. I was going to say, I, I, I late rostered him in one team last week because the, the news came out from Schefter that he was going to put, uh, potentially play quarterback. And when he started throwing passes and, and catching balls, I was doing, you know, uh, <laughs> he is a, yeah, when it's he a great snaps it, back there. It is. It's a great kind of extra advantage you get there. So uh, I love yep. prior in a uh, fan duel and DraftKings as well. All right, let's, uh, let's go to those uh, guys. We've talked a lot about today. How about Dak, the stud, Greatest quarterback in the history of the world, <laughs> Prescott. Dallas is heading to Chip Kelly's town, San Francisco, a two and a half point dog at home. I I I just I hate going against the home dog. I always hate going against the home dog. The 49ers are so terrible that I have to go with Dallas here. I just I can't as as much as I want to, as much as it would be hilariously fun for Chip Kelly to beat this Dallas squad, I gotta go, uh yeah, I gotta go with the boys here, Kyle. Where are you going in this one? I like the Niners here, and I, that's going to be against uh, the way uh, Chip Kelly has performed against uh, the Cowboys last year. Uh, but I don't know. I like the Niners at home. I, I don't think they're as bad as everyone everyone might think. They've had a couple of tough matchups. I'll take the Niners. Ring the bell. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't wait. He was dying to get in there. There's, yeah. there's no way I can take Blaine Gabbert. I, and here's the thing. You know, you notice I'm, there's a trend here. I'm picking a lot of these NFC East teams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's something behind that. <laughs> All right. Well, what I'm going to do is ring the bell again right back Whoa. in your face there. How about that? I'm with Kyle. I'm flipping back to the old uh, thing I used to do and follow Kyle's picks. Uh, I, I just think, look. Look, San Francisco is not quite as bad as as we all thought they're going to be. They're not good, but I just don't think Dallas is that good. Ultimately, a terrible defense. Dak is going to throw an interception someday. I think <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, and I just I, I'm taking the points there more than anything. All right, let's uh, let's get our one AFC battle of the game uh, week in here. Probably the best game of the week as we head. To Pittsburgh, I, I don't know what happened to the Steelers last week. I, I think they just didn't even play because I didn't hear anything about their game. But uh, the Steelers coming off a no game at home, four and a half point favorites against Kansas City. BLG, which way are you going? I like the points here. I think uh, the Steelers, obviously, they're getting Bell back and everything. But I, I do think uh, the Chiefs will at least hover. Kyle, who do you like in this one? No, Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. By the way, that's the only part of the new song I like. And that was better than the, the that you right there was better than the whole new song. Come on, really? I mean, that part's cool, and the rest of it stinks. They got to bring back the old thing. But uh, I'm looking forward to this game. I, I don't know. I think I think the Steelers got a little bit of revenge after get, getting whooped last week. So I will take the Steelers solely on the fact that I think they have enough pride, and Le'Veon Bell's coming back. 
I have the same thing. I'm going to stick with Kyle here. We're ringing the bell against Brandon over there because I, I think that they come back from that 34-3 whooping. Uh, I think they're pissed. I think they're ready to go. And look, I know they got beat by the Eagles, but the Steelers are still a good team. Everything said, that was said about them before they got their butts beat was true. They're a good football team, so I think they uh, they take care of the Chiefs pretty easily. Le'Veon Bell's been tweeting and Instagramming about the, the, the how many days, how many hours it is to come back. I, I, I'm with you guys. I don't see. I see Andy and the end crew having a very, very terrible game against Kansas City. Yeah, good point there. Levy and Bell, another DFS play as well. All right, <laughs> I'm giving them all out out here. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's end it with Monday Night Football. Uh, if anyone wants to sing the theme to that, they're welcome. But uh, Johnny, start it out for us as we are going to go to New York, or excuse me, to Minnesota. Sammy Sleeves, another four-and-a-half-point line here. The Vikings are the favorite. If uh, Eli Manning can't, I mean, is throwing those types of interceptions against the Washington secondary, which has been very up and down. A defense has been, I, I can't wait to see what a Minnesota defense does to Eli Manning. I'm, I, I, I'll tease it. I'll, I'll take Minnesota minus seven. I'll do whatever. I think Minnesota crushes the New York Giants. BLG? I've kind of been picking NFC East teams to jinx them. The Giants have no chance in this game. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even do that here. I have to take the Vikings. Kyle? Can't even do the song. I can do Berman. Bark, bark, bark. <laughs> I, I just shudder when I think of him in the studio for Monday Night Football. It kind of oh, ruins God. the experience for me. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Vikings defense is, is entirely too good for the Giants here. And I know I've been I know I've been uh, palming off the Giants, D, but they're a little – the secondary, I think, is a little banged up this week. I actually think a big week from uh, Sammy Sleeves. Uh, Kyle Rudolph – I, I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm liking, I'm liking Sam and the Vikings. Ring the bell! He went out Someone on his own. had you to know what take that means. the job. Yeah, it means this is a lock. Everyone bet your house on Minnesota. I just, it's more than anything. I, I think the Vikings are better. I just, I don't feel good laying four and a half with that football team. I know they beat the Panthers by 12, but I, I just, I feel like there's a three point game. I'm going to take the points. I don't necessarily think the Giants win. Obviously, don't hope they do, but I'll take the points in this one. Interesting. So, again, uh, a lot of. A lot of good matchups, a lot of good everything is that's going to wrap up our NFL picks. Uh, Kyle, we'll see you next week, but thanks for hanging out as always. All right, thanks. Um, yeah, and the, the, I, I just, overall, I think the, the bye week comes at a time where you want to see more. Really, it's just to play off the excitement that's that's coming in through here, and it's it's just not there yet. I know there's a couple of people that have been waiting on the line, so we'll get to them uh, real quick. John in South Jersey, you, you're on BGN Radio, man. What's going on? Hey guys, how you doing here? Thanks for taking the call. Of Great course, show. thanks for thanks, making man. it. Yeah, I got to I got uh, to admit, I am a Cowboys fan. Uh-oh. I got on the uh, <laughs> I got on the call, I guess, before you guys went on break. And what what was being said there between Dak and um, and Carson by some of the other Cowboys fans? I didn't catch that. I just kind of wanted to call in on I, it. I think that the, one of the previous callers just said, "Well, he read in USA Today that it, they said he was uh, had a better performance, and there are other people that are going through there and." Uh, Carson Wentz has only made the one, he's a one read quarterback or something like that, which I thought was pretty funny. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I know you guys will find it comical cause I'm a Cowboys fan, but in the other three sports, I'm Philadelphia. <laughs> oh so, man. Oh, wow. That's so weird. That's I know it doesn't make, it makes, it doesn't make much sense. That must cause a lot seven. of problems for you. I would yeah, think. Yeah. Well, believe me, being <laughs> in South Jersey, being, being in South Jersey, it does. And I was born in 73 and late seventies. I started liking these four teams and, it's funny. I had a friend back in 2000 say, you know what, John, let me give you the opportunity to come on board with the Eagles. <laughs> and, man, I, I was tempted because of the area I'm in, but I'm too old to, to make the change. But my kids, they're, they're, they're kind of being raised to, uh, to like the Eagles, so that's all good. 
But, All right, um, at least they won't be I, affected by the disgusting disease, you know. It's good to pass that out, right? No, but 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 the comment, you know, regarding Carson and Dak, I mean, obviously you got two great quarterbacks that, that are in the league right now, and I can't remember a time where you had two rookie quarterbacks coming into the NFL that really are um, showing great leadership potential. Both of them, you know, if you didn't know that they were rookies, I don't think you would be able to say you would you would really be able to say that they seem more advanced beyond their years. Yeah, and that's and I'll 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 give that to Dak too because I I expected both of these guys were expected to kind of like you know take some time and be there, but Dak has has been has been very good so far, and I don't I just don't know if he's going to be great as all. Well. John, before we get out of here, we did have a, something we had to mention here. Oh my Shout gosh. out to the Philly yes. sports goddess, Kiana. Kiana, well, next Kiana Williams, the, yeah, the, who is uh, a, a Twitter icon. Yeah, oh yeah. Had, uh, the, had the her baby The first lady of, of Eagles Twitter, I would say. So, is that fair? So next Dawkins has been born. You just got to wait about <laughs> 22 years and, uh, and and it'll be all good there. Congratulations. So, uh, well, that's going to do it for us. We're going to wrap it up uh, for myself, John Barcher, James Zeltzer, of course, Brandon Lee Gutton from Birds 24-7. I want to thank everybody for hanging out with us uh, on a Saturday. We'll be back. Next Saturday, I think at the same time, and of course Tuesday, Bryn Mawr at uh, Grog, the Grog, the baby. Grog sounds like a good drinking place, yes. right? You hear Grog, you're like, that sounds like something like, yeah, you know, exactly. Drinking. Nice little Irish pub coming out. We'll be recording live from seven to eight p.m. We'll see you then. It's been BGN Radio right here.